The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Genesis chapter 40, as we get into the word of God today, uh, we're gonna, we, we, well, the video yesterday you watched talked about the different aspects of some things that we saw of Joseph, that he was in prison, and it just didn't seem like it would make sense. You saw the sovereignty of God, and yet he was faithful, he persevered, he was still serving. All of these different aspects are so absolutely necessary when we think about moving forward, trusting God. Hey, this is where I'm at. This is where God has me. I'm going to remain faithful, and I'm just going to continue to do what God has. What we're going to do today is we're going to evaluate quickly the two dreams that these two men had and how Joseph interpreted them. So kind of just walk through the passage today. So uh, Genesis chapter 40, verse 9, Joseph had just told him in verse 8, tell me the dream. He said it was God who gave it, so go ahead and share the dream with me. In verse 9, the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream, behold, a wine was before me. And in the wine was three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in mine hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them in Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former matter when thou thou wast his butler. Then he says in verse 14, But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen out away of the land of the Hebrews, and there have also I had done nothing that they should put me in this dungeon. When the chief butler, uh, chief baker, saw that the interpretation was good. Let's go to these verses first. I don't want to get too far ahead. We start off with this dream, and simply put, you know, without explaining all the details, uh, Joseph tells him, based upon your dream, in three days you're going to go back to your position. We can assume that something happened that the, the pharaoh, the king, really felt like one or both of these men had done something wrong. So they were sent down to prison. Uh, in this time, they'd found out that one of them had, uh, the, uh, the baker had done wrong, the butler was good, the butler comes back, the baker ultimately ended up being um, executed for his crimes. So in the end of this, though, what I think is interesting is we do see a little glimpse into Joseph. Sometimes we look and say, the problem with the story is because you never hear Joseph complain, you never hear Joseph frustrated over the events, this can't be real. I've heard people and some commentators say that this is obviously fake because no man can do this without complaining. Please remember a couple of things. Number one, we state that Joseph was perfect and the fact that there was never a negative thing done. What we can say is there was never a negative thing recorded. Joseph was not perfect. Joseph was not sinless, just a man of integrity. All we know is that for whatever reason, God chose not to record those things in Scripture. But we get a bit of an insight into Joseph looking at this, because the moment Joseph sees, hey, this guy's going to go back in three days, and he's going to go stand again in front of Pharaoh, tell him about me. Please tell him that I was, I was stolen wrongly from Hebrew. Tell him that I didn't observe in this prison. Maybe, and he's thinking, maybe. I don't, I don't personally think that he was hoping that Pharaoh would allow him to be an authority at this point. I think personally he was saying, I have been good to one of the king's closest men, the butler. That's a very important job. I mean, you have to trust this man with your life. So I would guess that he thought maybe if the butler said something nice to the king, the king would let him go and let him go home. 
That's kind of at least what, what it looks like to be. He just wanted out of prison. And you do get the sense that Joseph begins to recognize, listen, none of this was fair. I shouldn't be here. And boy, now there's an opportunity for me to get out, please. So you do begin to see that Joseph was not happy at all in this scenario. And it shows his humanity. It shows reality to this story. So there's an opportunity that has arrived in this scenario. So let's go on as we see the second one. Um, Verse 16 says, when the chief butler saw that the interpretation was good, man, he was excited. He said unto Joseph, I was also in my dream, and behold, I, I, uh, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there was all manner of baskets, uh, baked meats for Pharaoh. And the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all the servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, and, the, and Joseph had, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. So we see the second interpretation was really simple. You can look at it. You can see where Joseph found the interpretation. Three days later, he was executed. Now, the premise of the story, he was brought to two people, and we can dig in. We're assuming that the baker did something to have been executed. So you see the righteousness and the power of Pharaoh. You see really how these kind of these kind of uh, governments worked. If, if you did something the, uh, the president or the ch uh, king or queen didn't like, you were executed. Uh, being in these positions are very important positions, but can be very dangerous positions in the wrong scenario. The butler was put back there. Remember, these are similar positions to back when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego worked in Babylon. They weren't necessarily butlers, but they worked in the government. They were wise men in the government. And in uh, and, and that side note, it's interesting. In a day when we think our, our values as Christians are being pushed away and laughed at and frankly ignored and almost the point where we can't, you know, wrong now, and these three, these four men stood strong as we should today, graciously, lovingly, but, you know, stand where God has us. But so Joseph sees an opportunity. Really, I'm going to take the last couple of minutes and focus on this. Is the opportunity at hand. Joseph looks down and he, he, he begins to see, wait a minute, I can get out of here. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go off my opinion of what I'm reading here. I don't know that maybe Joseph was thinking this is the opportunity that for God to fulfill his dream. That if he tells Pharaoh and Pharaoh recognizes me, then I can go to, the, to the, the king's court and I can become a wise man in the king's court. I have nowhere that records that, nowhere that thinks that, nowhere anywhere we can think that Joseph even thought that was the point. I don't, I'm not even sure that Joseph thought the interpretation of the dream meant that he would rule in, in Egypt. He probably thought somehow he would have some kind of authority in Israel, somehow authority in Canaan, in his, home, in his homeland with his family. Later in life, he really didn't know. I can't imagine him thinking it was Egypt because why would a Hebrew person be in charge in Egypt? So even the end of this was abnormal to everybody. So I think he probably was just hoping, hey, tell him so that I can be released from prison. I did nothing wrong and maybe showing kindness to one of his servants, I can just go home. I can just be released from prison and be allowed to go home and go home and be with his family, be with his dad and things of that nature. And it's more than likely that's probably what happened. At least that's, that's, as I look at it, it's my view of it. But what we see here is the last verse says the butler remembered him not. 
He chose not to. So what we see is we see Joseph thought he had an opportunity for maybe to get out or maybe God's will to be fulfilled. And all of a sudden, uh, he's excited about it. Can you imagine? Three days later, they're taken out. Man, it's exciting. And then a day goes by and two days go by. Then a week goes by and two weeks go by. And then six months go by. And then a year goes by. And he begins to realize either Pharaoh didn't care or the butler forgot about him. And if Pharaoh didn't care, man, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in this prison. Can you imagine uh, just the discouragement that must have, been, uh, must have been filling Joseph's mind as there was an opportunity. And here's a great practical application, at least as I was looking at this this morning, that when we, when we look at sometimes we see God's will of what we think is going to happen, uh, what we sometimes do in our mind is we begin to think, okay, I, I'm praying for God to do this, and so I think God can fulfill or answer this prayer request in one of these four ways. So example, um, you're struggling financially. So what do you do when you struggle financially? What you do is you begin to pray that God will provide for you necessary funds to pay the bill, whatever bill, maybe power bill, whatever bill it would be. And in our scenario, there are more than one like that in our church and in this country that are struggling in this area. So what do you do? You begin to think, I know, there's just going to be a check in the mail. So you begin to check your mailbox or you begin to, there could be a bunch of other things. A friend of mine once said he was praying about this, he had a need, and all of a sudden, at one time, um, the IRS recognized, this is like later in the year, he'd already received his tax return, recognized they, they, they miscalculated and they sent him a second check equivalent to what he needed or what he'd given to the church that week. And he said, why would the IRS just remember that? Uh, he said a different time, a few months later, um, Home Depot had given him a bid. He'd chosen not to go with the bid, but Home Depot couldn't do the work and they felt bad. So they sent him a check to make up for the fact that they never even could do the work if, they, if he wanted them to anyway, randomly. Now, you wouldn't think either one of those two would happen. This is where you look at, we get ideas of how God's gonna do it, and God says, yeah, I might, but I might do it in a way that makes no sense, so that you can say, obviously, this is me. God used the government and Home Depot in these two scenarios. Sometimes God uses the church to help, sometimes God uses, it's often scenarios outside of our control, so we can see God's hand in it. But yet what we see here is Joseph was excited, and then when it's all said and done, he found himself right back where he was, right back with no hope from the human standpoint. And sometimes when we, when we look at our scenario, we say, Lord, I've been praying for days. I've been praying for weeks. I've been praying for years. And it just doesn't seem like you're going to answer this or somehow you're not going to intervene. I'm struggling. And we, you know, all these battles in our mind, we say, Lord, we believe we're right with you. We're, we're in the word of God. We're in prayer. We're in church. We're being faithful. What, what are we missing? And it's easy to be that way. You know, Joseph did this time. He just remained faithful where he was. You say, God, I'm doing that. We have to go back to remember that his will dictates his timing. And so it, when it comes, we think we're excited and what we're convinced is God's going to be God's way to work and he doesn't. Don't quit. Now what I would say, don't quit. Don't quit. Remain faithful. In due season is not necessarily our timing. Remember, he says in Galatians 6, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't quit. God's got a plan. He's in control, and his plan is, is best and awesome. Just remain faithful, and in his timing, he's going to let it be fulfilled. Just don't, don't faint. Be not weary in well-doing. Don't faint. In due season, we'll reap if we faint not. Don't quit. Because you, if you quit and give up, you may find yourself, you were only a month away from the answer, or a year away from the answer. We don't know. But if you trust God to be faithful, remain faithful yourself, and keep going, don't quit. 
and wait and see what God does. Some of you have been asking God to answer some specific prayers or move in some specific ways. Don't quit. Remain faithful. Some of you have been just waiting for God to move and intervene in your life. Don't quit. Be faithful. And just wait and see what God can do. And when he does, it will be obviously him.